Welcome to Hope in the Heartland, a podcast from Zeal Coaching, where we talk to you, our neighbors, about ways to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. We'll also take some time along the way to celebrate people who are living those dream lives right here in the Midwest. So join us as we help you ignite your life with passion, purpose, love, and success to ignite your life with zeal. Welcome to Hope in the Heartland. This is Christy Shell, owner and founder of Zeal Coaching, your host for this podcast and for this episode. So I want to introduce Katie Sandy Smith, who is our producer and queen of all things technical, as she overcomes all kinds of machinery on a daily basis. Woman versus machine. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Today, we have the great fortune. We got to interview Justin Masterson. I should say Katie got to interview Justin Masterson, who is a former professional baseball player. He played for the Indians, the Cardinals, and the Red Sox. And so we're excited to have his male energy in our our office. Um, But Katie is a good friend with him. Tell us more about his past, Katie. Yeah, he does pack a lot of testosterone (laughs) in our room, that's for sure. So um, when we started talking about this podcast and what it would be about, what it would contain, people living extraordinary lives in the Midwest, I thought of my friend Justin. He and I have grown up together going to camps since we were probably in elementary school. And he'd always wanted to play baseball and he had done some. And then we ended up in college together as well. So we've been friends for a long time. But he um, then transferred during college and went on to play professional ball and, you know, I Saw him on TV, like, hey, I know that guy. On the World Series. At the World Series, at the All-Star Game. Um, So some of you may know of him, but he's just a Midwest kid like the rest of us. And so I thought it'd be great to talk with him. What's great about the two of them together, Katie and Justin, is that you can tell that they've been friends for a long time. It's very brother-sisterly. So um, we, when we edited, I think some of that comes through, but we had to cut a lot of it out because they're just like jabbing each other. So, yes. um, so it may have been more entertaining to hear, but so what we are hoping you will gain from listening to Justin is how you get to your dream job. How do you decide what life, what you want to do after you have like that epitome of um, opportunities. So, and a lot more about his um, male perspective. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Just prepared to be inspired. So speaking of inspiration, not only is that coming in our, our featured interview today, but also in our success of the week, because there is so many inspiring clients that we have come through here. Um, so Christy, what is your success of the week? Our success of the week is an organization that I've been working with for almost a year now um, that is primarily women. It was a team development process to create momentum for that group. And what happens was, is they were going through a huge organizational change and they're also primarily women. I really think there's like a half a dozen men in a large organization. And so they were really not getting along. So we've been doing a deep dive team development, leadership development process with them. And these women have pulled together, been vulnerable, turned their 
themselves around to being supportive and they've really created a community where they're growing and being effective together. I want to get a huge shout out to them and um, and to encourage you to think about how do you create a more supportive community in your organization, whether it's work, church, PTO, sports, whatever, they're, um, just to really think about how do you create more vulnerability and the key way to do that is to give a little trust and step into it and then turn around and be supportive of, of others. So that's our success of the week. And for this week's Zeal Living Tip, where we want to give you something that you can take from life coaching or kind of mentoring experience that we have, is really focus on the idea of how do we develop trust with each other and within an organization. And one of those ways is to kind of get rid of the assumptions that we have about other people. Can you expand some more on that, Christy? Yeah, I think it's amazing how many assumptions we make in a day. Someone says or looks at you or gives you, puts their eyebrow up at you or whatever, and you feel or you internalize that as they're talking about you or they're angry or whatever. And one of the key things we say is quit taking it personally. So it's Q-tip, like a Q-tip thing by it's silly, but it's easy to remember. Like really quit taking it personally. You have a choice about being offended. You have a choice of it's not about you to think, okay, what's going on with that person? Or am I just letting things pass by? we have a way of telling a story and so just really kind of creating our reality of that like really thinking about how do we not make assumptions and quit taking it personally this is something you can do today with your husband with your sister with your mother with your coworkers. so please 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 think about this is you will be so much happier when you stop assuming people are trying to have bad intentions towards you or that it's about you at all They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. So think about yourself and give yourself this gift. In our interview that's coming up, Justin gives us a great example of not taking things personally. He mentions interacting with a woman at, I believe, the cable company or the trash company or something, um, which we've all, you know, met those poor workers that are, you know, deal with customer service. And sometimes they're not as nice. And he mentions how she was crabby. But instead of just writing her off as a terrible employee, he decided that there's something else going on. And he wanted to kind of get to the bottom of that and offer her um, some kindness and grace. And I think that that's so important in not taking things personally is to be like, you know what, there's a story there that's going on with that person. And I don't know what it is. And taking that time to find out can really help mend that relationship and that trust that you can build with each other. So it's interesting because as a professional baseball player and he's like six, seven, and he's a very attractive and strong guy, that male perspective is really interesting in his explanation and talking briefly about masculinity. I think we could have talked to him about that. We could have a whole show with him just about masculinity and his interpretation of that. So the other piece that we really want you to think about is he had this incredible opportunity 
the opportunity that hundreds and thousands of people all over the country would love to have. And then when that's over, or actually that he chose to walk away from it, what do you do after you've had your ultimate thing? And how do you use the resources and the money that he's made to make life better for himself and for others? So we can't talk enough about how great we think he is. So let's get on to the interview. Hi, everyone. This is Katie. Today, I get the privilege, I get the honor of being here with one of my old friends. Gosh, I think we've known each other since elementary school or something. I didn't like you probably then, but I knew you then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'd like to welcome Justin Masterson. It's so nice to have you here. Hey, it's nice to be here. So for those people that don't know you, like I know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a former professional baseball player, played professionally for 12 years, played in the major leagues for seven, well, just short of eight years, and played for three different teams in the majors, the Boston Red Sox, Cleveland Indians, and the St. Louis Cardinals, and had a a lot of fun doing that. Grew up most of my life here in the Midwest in Ohio, is where I grew up, was born in Jamaica, but was just there a couple years. (laughs) Been married for 11 years, have three beautiful children that are eight, five, and five, so the the younger ones are twins mm-hmm. and it's boy girl but yeah so I, I retired about two years ago roughly and it was really I got back into a perfect spot where healthy enough to play again and do my thing had some shoulder surgeries and whatnot but just didn't get to see my family very much in five weeks out of seven months I said that's not where I want to be or what I want to do I want to be with my family and I said I'll, I'll make the sacrifice walk away from the game and do what life after baseball is like here we are wow was it hard for you to make that choice or do you feel like you had kind of prepared to at some point easily step away from baseball I think there's a difficulty when there's something so since kindergarten you know, I, I wanted to play Major League Baseball. So you think, yeah, I didn't go necessarily as hardcore as a lot of kids do this day and age as far as travel ball and stuff like that. Uh, if you're in the sports world, uh, <laughs> even not in the sports world, there's plenty of places where they're going hardcore. I didn't do that. and But I did spend a lot of my life working towards that and doing that. So it's been you know, a part of my identity. And so there is a bit where it can be difficult to walk away. Because then you're like, well, who am I? Yeah, for me... It, wasn't as terrible because I had surgery and then I'm in the minor leagues at the tail end. I'm like, you know what? Bus rides for eight to 10 hours are not real fun. I think I'd rather go hang out with the family. So that's, it wasn't as difficult as what be, you know, as it could be. And and so I'm still finding my niche and all that type of stuff and what I'm doing. But my wife and I started a Fortress Foundation, you know, Impact Lives in a Positive Way to be a refuge to those in need and been able to just kind of carry you know, a lot of that stuff the off the field type things and kind of work through that. It's It's been fun. You talked about taking your work to your home. How do you feel like, or do you feel like you're able to do that with what you did in baseball, the stuff you learned or we approach baseball. How are you bringing that now to being at home instead of being there only five weeks? Now it's a lot more of your percentage of time. My wife would say she wants to kill me because I'm home too often. You know, maybe we should have Meryl here to talk about (laughs) how is it with Justin there all the time? (laughs) No, I think being able to take, you know, a a lot of, I mean, sports is, is great. You know, whether, when I go around, I say whether you like sports or not, it it teaches a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. 
And you don't have to be a fan of it to appreciate what it can bring. Okay. You know, teamwork, how to deal with people that you don't necessarily like, but you need them to be around you because you, they help you to be victorious. <laughs> if you didn't have them, like, sorry, like, suck it up, let's go. Uh, and you're not going to like everything people say. You're not going to like everything that's done. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to make the right decision every single time. And so you take that and work that into your family and say, hey, this isn't going to be perfect. I'm not going to say the right things every time. Like, I've chosen you like for my wife like there's something to be said about that 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 people want to have the ability to still like well yeah we're married but we could still like no i've chosen you it's like in baseball i've chosen to be on this team or i've been chosen they're paying me to be on this team <laughs> right. so i gotta figure out how to make it work and there's a different mentality that comes with that and so being able to take that you know over to like like this is my family this is god given this is what i'm stuck with i made these decisions so let's figure out how to make this work. And not just uh, sort of you know, walk on eggshells by people, but you know, how right. can we make this work to be successful and to go impact lives and to take those things that don't really matter and set them aside and go, here we go. Let's go for the victory. So can you, you mentioned um, Fortress Foundation. Can you explain a little more about what that is and what you're doing with that foundation? Yeah, well, my wife and I just put our money. We didn't want to just give it all away to necessarily one person, <laughs> but we like giving our money away. And, and we were blessed uh, over a career to make a decent amount. And you know, we feel like to whom much is given, much is required. So we, we want to make sure that we impact lives in a positive way. And so we put it together and got the Fortress Foundation, kind of a powerful name that we feel like. Right. Uh, but just as you know, God is our refuge, we want to kind of be the, the refuge to those who are around. And it's been overseas. We've done a lot of things. And locally in the Indianapolis area, we've, we've also impacted. And also you know, helped do some impact through a couple of churches in, in Ohio. Is there a specific type of cause or something that you look for? Or is it just various? And, and so it ranges from human potential, as we kind of put it, mm-hmm. where there's some sex trafficking in the Indianapolis area. That, that we support an organization trying to help the girls who are, who are coming from that, whether they know it or not. And, and then we do feeding the poor, uh, helping out the poor, quite a bit in the Indianapolis area. And then overseas, we were just in India a couple months ago, seeing how things work out there. We, we went with Biblica, which you know they translated the NIV Bible. And so we're just seeing some of their partners and how lives can be impacted out there. And, and then we're in Kenya, supporting a couple schools over there through with the Cleveland Indians, we raised money and helped support a program feeding kids. I think it's 1,400 kids in these few schools in the second largest slum, which you have about 500,000 people in a square mile radius. And that's the second largest slum in, in Kenya. And just encouraging them, trying to make them feel loved, and then help start this like Savings for Life program, which is, again, we didn't come up with it, but we helped the backing to get that in there, uh, which is a way for people to help pay for their school fees to make some sustainability over there. The goal is always not just, hey, I'm from the United States. I'm going to tell you what ability and, and go through the local, go through the friends, who then they can feel empowered and, and really impact lives that way. Is there any area that you want to get involved in that you haven't yet or places that you're really you have a heart for that you want to do more ministry? One one thing that we, we are doing more of or, or making it a more focus of what we're doing is is men. Uh, not because women are valuable, uh, but because I am a man. <laughs> and and so I have an understanding of the old men working. But there's also you know, a real problem in society. 
lack of man. You know, I mean, people talk toxic masculinity, which I mean, we can go haywire on that thing. I believe that there's a loss of masculinity. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can have different definitions of what you want. But a man who takes care of his family, uh, is a loving husband, is a is a good present and loving father, is a leader of a household, and goes and sets an example of character. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what we're fighting for. And that's what's been lost. And I see that as I'm helping out uh, young kids, maybe in the sports world, or just anybody that you really come across. But let's be honest, uh, a lot of hating on men, but you look at difficulty comes because you know, there's a high percentage of single mothers and they're doing an incredible job, but it just goes to show there's something about a dad's presence, a male's presence that can really make a difference. And so we're we're trying to dive into that a little bit more. You know, there's a, a group that kind of comes underneath our foundation that we took a charter of mm-hmm. called Fight Club. And it's, and it's just, you know, fighting. It comes from a verse, Nehemiah 4.14, at the tail end, it just says, you know, fight. You'll fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. And just, it's amazing when you start talking to men and how they don't think about it. And, and some were just, I'm the provider. That's great that you see just providing as an income. But there is there is more to that. And it's it's everywhere because we're out in, in Ireland. You have Northern Ireland, a little group out there and in India. There's a group going on Amazing. right now, kind of going through it. So it's a it's a world thing. But even so, in the Midwest, when you just get that, you know, hard work, just go provide, just go go do your thing. It's like, hey, let's take a step back and say, there's more. We can provide and do all that. But if you really want to impact your family and the lives around you, just take that step back, do well at work, but take that same attitude, put that in the family, and see how how incredible. There will be a difference, and 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 ultimately everything everything is in life is better in balance. It doesn't necessarily mean equality. You know, I was talking to somebody about I don't even remember what we were really talking about, but you know, balance made it sound like equality. I'm like, no, those things aren't equal. You know, it's like a, a healthy diet. You're not going to eat the same amount of everything, but you're going to have different things and to the right levels of where they should be. There should be a nice balance that goes on and where it is, and and that's it with with family, uh, with with taking care of myself. And, and with encouraging those who are around me to make sure that there's a, a mix of all of that. If we get stuck in one of those and just live in one of those, well, we're going to lose out and, and we're going to be imbalanced. And that's kind of been the, the journey as baseball has gone away. Say, so, hey, I still need to you know, have my balance and, and remain there and still get out and not just suck in the family and just mm-hmm. be into that solely. <laughs> so we talked about taking the lessons you learned from baseball and applying it to your family. So now you have kind of this open-endedness in some ways, career-wise. What do you want to do with that? How are you going to transition from baseball to something different? Are there things that will help you bridge that? Everybody wants an athlete. They know how to work on teams and do it. <laughs> the, the fact isn't that I haven't had offers. Okay. You know, offers are there, but there's also a point to say, hey, I've been doing baseball or for, for others. I've been doing X for a long time. And so now when it goes, it's really easy to jump in to the next thing that comes along really quickly. And then shortly after, go, maybe I jumped the gun on this one. And, <laughs> and some is like, you, know, you do it because you need to or need something. But it's really to take that step back. See, like your question, what do you really want to do? Now, from a young lad, when I wanted to play baseball, I also wanted to impact lives in a positive way. And 
And so that's kind of, though baseball is gone, that's still at the forefront. So everything I'm doing, how can I still impact lives in a positive way? And so I've taken it as currently I am available as far <laughs> as the idea of what do you need? Right. You need some help? Like, like stop trying to hurt yourself and do it on your own. And so through all that, you know, been able to, to just try and plug in in different places. You know, I'm hanging around. Uh, local high school team, the basketball team currently, but then we'll do the baseball team. One, to get a sense of, of more understanding of coaching. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I could do it at this point to understand how they do it, what they're doing. They've been doing it a lot longer. They're wiser and smarter. And just be under them, be a, an apprentice in, in a ship, <laughs> in a sense, if you will. Right. And, and so that's been really nice to kind of learn under that and and just just learning and being around young kids again back to you know the fact that ads are not always present and you see that in the young kids and what mm-hmm. better place to start trying to to mentor and impact their lives so that they can go then to college and, and change the world and and just slowly do that and that's little bits and pieces here and there is is kind of what i'm doing and it all surrounds impacting lives in a positive way but i think it's really neat to be able to kind of like slide in there and just you really hold up the coach, you know, that head coach, right. you know, give them that encouragement, that comfort, that, hey, I'm here for you, whatever you need. And then, you know, almost being that, that bridge of gap mm-hmm. uh, between the two of like, hey, I can hold these guys up over here just the same and, and keep everyone in this not necessarily happy spot, but, but really be in that tension that can be there and just make it enjoyable for everyone and, and, and make sure that progress is moving forward and just having Mm -hmm. a, and for me, be able to really impact better Mm -hmm. in there because people hear you differently. Yeah. That reminds me of stuff my dad used to talk about. He was a defensive coordinator for football a long time. And he said that the kids would trust him more because he wasn't the head coach and didn't teach at the school. So he couldn't report them to anybody. So he had that like great relationship with his players and they all came to his funeral, like 20 years after he coached them because they remembered that impact that he had on them because he had that flexibility. And, and everyone's aspiration is to be at the top. And again, there's some pay that can come with, right. with being there. But it's really interesting that even the man at the top, he's only as great as the people he surrounds himself right. with, which is an encouragement for me. Hey, I want to surround myself with great people, which is what mm-hmm. I've done. But also what's wrong with being the guy that the head guy needs to surround himself with. (laughs) Right. I know it's kind of a weird roundabout, you know, way of speaking of it, but people need to be in those positions. Right. And I think there's a lot of value within that. And it doesn't mean you're selling yourself short, but you're in a spot where you can impact in ways that some couldn't even imagine or couldn't even do. And I I think that's right where I'm figuring out how that looks and where I can be. So once you finished baseball, like you guys settled in Indianapolis because you were, was close-ish to family, but you were, and you were playing near here. But once you were done, why did you decide to stay there? Midwest guy. Yeah. I went out to California for a little bit and was like, oh yeah, you're so laid back and and all this type of stuff. I went out there and was like, I've never seen so many cases of ADD. I mean, people <laughs> off the wall, crazy, here, there, and everywhere. Nice people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, but they are just go, go, go. And then I've been in the East Coast, and I mean, those people are, are hard-nosed. I can't love them to death, but they are hard-nosed, and they just get after it. They make fun of me for having an accent. They're like, yeah, I might have it. Yeah, what's, what's the accent there, Justin? <laughs> right. I'm like, I talk like the people on TV. Like, I don't understand. Now nah, you got an accent. But so, you know, going both sides, it's like, man, there's there's a there's a specialness, I think, about the Midwest. 
man, you get crazy weather, you get a little bit of everything. Um, but there's a people who are here who can, who have that, that toughness that comes from, you know, being in the Eastern seaboard with that laid backness that, you know, California does have, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe not as much of the, the craziness. <laughs> right. Um, and so been here and, and I like it here. And, and yeah, family's here too. And, and so it just, it just makes it a, a nice spot to be able to be. But I think when you have the choice of anywhere, I just wonder why here. And especially when you say I want to impact lives. Well, there's a higher concentration of people in lots of other areas. So then why here to make that impact? I think some people get so crazy. Even talking before, oh, we've been overseas. Like, okay, yeah, overseas is where you impact. Mm-hmm. Like, what about next door? And trying to take some of that to heart of why do I have to think that the impact I have to go, 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 or I'm here. So let me see what my neighbors need. Let me see what I can do around. And maybe they're not so poor that we have to do something crazy or struggling so much, but we all need something, Mm -hmm. a smiling face or whatever it might be. So why wouldn't I just stick in the area that I know? Proud to say I grew up in Ohio and I live in Indiana. Here we are in, in the heartland, in the in the Midwest, doing right. the thing, making making sure that lives can still be impacted here. What's the biggest lesson that you think learned in your journey, either within baseball or since then, or just over a lifetime? That's really, I think, brought to this point about impacting others. Yeah, I, man, there are so many little different things. One that I love is, is is Bob Kipper, who was one of my pitching coaches in the minor leagues, and it was a simple phrase of. We're always working. We're working to find it. And when we find it, we're working to keep it. And I think in one sense, the idea of we're always working is what fits. Yeah, everyone thinks, oh, I want to get to the point where I don't have to work anymore. But we were made to work. We were made to go out to create value, cultivate. Now, again, that looks different in many different ways. You know, as I see it and how it works with me is the value that I'm creating is not just maybe monetary for me, but for those who are around me. You know, showing them the value that they have, which in turn creates value for me. So I'm always working. I'm working to find these people and then working to help them stay in those spots or working for myself to stay in that spot of every Because you can get, I mean, you can get tired doing that stuff. And that's why it sounds great to go sit on a beach and go go golf every day and go do that thing. Uh, but you see those people and they slowly die. If you're not working, you're dying. Now we have our box of what work looks like right. of going to do the things. We get outside of that box. Say, what is it that we enjoy? And that's how can we work towards that? It correlates so great in what I'm trying to do and I hope everyone else is trying to do all. But what for you, you think is um, the greatest success of your life? Uh, I mean, it's easy to say my, my greatest success. I didn't really have a whole lot to do with it in a sense. It's just my family. I mean, that that's without a doubt it. I mean, my, well, for me and what I believe in my relationship with Jesus Christ is is also, I mean, that would be number one, family would be number two of just the things I'm, I'm most proud of in my life and most excited about. And if you're getting like arrogant and stuff, you say, hey, it's cool. I played in the majors for under eight years. I was only in the minor leagues for a year and a half. Made my debut. I was an all-star in 2013. <laughs> I've, I've had so many cool experiences. I don't hang my hat on any of those things. You know, it's solely the fact that I'm not a perfect person and that's okay and I'm okay with not being perfect you know God loves me my family loves me 
and we'll go from there. And yeah, we can ratchet off all these other random awards and things that come along. And, but again, I'll go back to you know, one of the things that we talk about, to who much is given, much is required. And we've all been given a lot more than we think. And we don't view it like that. Mm-hmm. What's kind of a philosophy or maybe a rule that you, you live your life by? <laughs> I don't know if I have just one. I think there's, there's been a few you know, impacting lives in a positive way. Uh, I always go back to a C.S. Lewis quote uh, of humility. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I don't have to tear myself down. I don't have to be upset about all the blessings I've been given. I just really don't need to think about myself. <laughs> just, <laughs> just go think of others. Like It works out so much better. And, and, and ultimately is that we are not necessarily all equal, but we're all gifted differently. And so we all have a common value. Right. We're all very valuable. And, and so knowing that, when I look at everybody, they have a story. Mm-hmm. person just yelled at me, and I just said, hey, you're like there must be something more than just me coming to say, hey, or it's easy for me to take offense because they just demean to me. Rather than ask a few questions or just say, you know what, there's probably something going on. And I, I say, speaking through it, that would be the ultimate philosophy of like, everyone's got a story and it's, let's not be quick to judge. I mean, there's one lady, she's working at a trash place and we were trying to, we got there, closed at five and it was like 4.58. So I walk in and it's like, we're close. Just, just really mean and negative. I'm like, I, okay, I'm not trying to cause trouble. I just trying to drop this off. Technically you're still open or not. The next day, we went back and, and brought a tin of cookies. We didn't have anything to, to drop off or anything, but just brought a little tin of my wife's cookies, which are the best, and, and just a little note. Say, hey, seems like you're having a tough tough day, tough go of it. Hopefully, this picks you up. And we get an email from the lady's sister that you know, this lady had been going through a hard time. I, I can't remember exactly now what it was, but it was like lost somebody and you know a couple other things, like just a snowball effect. And she didn't realize that she was letting this out on everyone. Right. And she was like in tears, you know, from the fact that someone came and just thought, hey, let me drop off some cookies because I'm having a tough day. Instead of like, that's the worst place I've ever been uh, because yeah. they're so mean and they don't treat me right. Everybody's dealing with something. Why can't we figure it out together? Right. And so you are now striving to be kind of a mentor and kind of help other people see this way of looking at people. Who mentored and guided you kind of either growing up, um, in your career, now that you've left? Ultimate. Uh, my biggest one is my parents, you know, watching them. I know that's the cliche answer, too, For not for some people. For right. some people, it's like the, the antithesis of, like, I'm doing what I'm doing despite my parents. Uh, your parents are pretty awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. But no, and, and you look at, you know, my dad, dad was a pastor. He still is a pastor. And, and there's lots of craziness that can come of that. But he, he valued individuals and he valued his family. And he modeled that. He didn't model perfection, but he was present. He was available. He was with his family. He did his work thing, too. And, and we were always invited to come. And at times we did things together. Uh, my mom would give away stuff that she didn't even have. I mean, she was, she was that caring. You know, my best friend's parents, you know, there's three of us who were always hanging out and, you know, different, different work. You know, one's a VP of marketing, you know, one's blue collar, you know, working sheet metal and doing his thing. And, and yet just these positive philosophies of life and just an encouragement of, 
being present when can be, being a, like just wanting to have conversations with us. And like, oh, you, you dumb kids, just go do your own thing. It's like, no, like, I really want to be around you guys. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, even though kids are sometimes like, hey, get away from me. You're still appreciative <laughs> later on in life when you yeah. see that. And so just been really blessed with, with parents and friends' parents like that. And then as crazy as it sounds, you're having a group of friends, like even in high school, who now they're all doctors and engineers and lawyers and super duper smart people, way more than anything that I could do. And when we were around them and had just some really quality character, high character individuals, and so we were able to encourage each other, just crazy as that sounds, you know, just some of those things. And again, why one person always said, you know, seek out you know, who you hang out with is kind of who you are. So, right see a bunch of people who aren't inspiring you, you should probably go find some new people. And and so those those are the many mentors. And then there's been, you know, people along the way, but that set the foundation. Mm-hmm. And once the foundation's been set, if it's a good foundation, you can build some good things. If it's a poor foundation, it's hard to go back and redo a foundation. So um, I have a couple just fun random questions that we could ask. Um, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Part of me would love to uh, be able to like see through walls. I don't really know why. It's just <laughs> I don't either. See the danger that's coming. I, I think the fly would just be you know, can get to a lot of places really quick. And I'm, I mean, there's lots of superpowers out there. Right. But I think the ability to fly would be why flying over like teleportation. Because I like the journey. Okay. You know, uh, maybe it's supposed to be a fun answer. <laughs> but a lot of people would just love to teleport because they don't want to be from the here to there and see all the things that help get them there. They just want to get there. And I'm like, ah, let's meander along. Let's see. I'm still getting there faster than some might, but let's enjoy the process so I can see all the little things that are going on. I would do teleportation, so you're like sermonizing right at me. <laughs> you're welcome again. I can get to more places and help more people in a quick amount of time. Yeah, but that's not why you want to teleport. You don't know. Stop. <laughs> you don't know me, Justin. Uh, what's like your favorite movie to veg out to? If you just want to like shut your brain off, just hang out, watch a movie that you love, maybe want to quote, what's your favorite movie? Oh, there's been a lot that have come. You know, back in the day, it was Dumb and Dumber. Like it. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> like we, one of my buddies, he literally got the script so that he could know every like minute detail. Like, that's how oh. hardcore. That's serious. We were in like quoting and doing other. I've lost some of that, but uh, it was still one of my favorite. There, there's there's three. So I, I'm gonna, the, the second is Man on Fire, which is Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. I think there was one way before, but the Denzel Washington yeah. Man on Fire, and just the dynamic of his character and like the music in there and him giving himself at the end. I can just sit and watch that. And go, Wow. And then third's a little bit different than, than the others. It's uh, it's Sicario. Really? Which I I don't know what it is, but I can just sit. And again, it's the dynamic of people. I love people. Like mm-hmm. seeing the dynamic and gung-ho about something. And then other people have ulterior motives and seeing how they respond and the emotionalness. And like the music is good too. So mm-hmm. I, again, I appreciate and enjoy that. And, you know, trying to eradicate something and a man who's lost his family and yet he's maybe not doing the exactly the right thing to try and you know revenge but revenge is still there and and just a a, a really neat story that embodies mm. from there that other people yeah there's can be kind of violent and some other things in there but, yeah there even so there's not like it's funny because there's not a whole lot of action mm-hmm. per se in it but there's an intensity to it it's true okay 
So to wrap it up, what's the best advice that you've received and maybe that you pass on to other people the most? I go, it's, it's, it's canned response. That's three parts to it. And best friend's dad told me to it. You know, there's countless others. Best friend's dad told me to it. First thing is be weary or be aware of the people you surround yourself. Second is what books are you reading? Or what further education are you gaining that's not just being given to you? What are you seeking out? And the third is what sacrifice are you willing to make? This all was surrounding the sports world. So it's like, are you willing to get up at five in the morning when everyone else is still sleeping in order to be the best? And what are you willing to give up in order to get through? And not like the shady and go take steroids and do all that, you know, <laughs> like poor right. stuff, but in that positive attitude, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to get to where you, you want to be or where you need to be? Mm-hmm. And so those are always the three things that I take and I still, you know, push along to whomever I come across. Right. And I've seen you live those out. I remember, you know, I used to see you multiple times every summer. And then as we got older, I didn't, you had baseball, you were traveling, you were doing different things and you weren't around as much because you were making that sacrifice. And even in college, you went to California to, to make that, that change for yourself. And I think you live, you live those things. And it was modeled to me. When my best friend's dad put it out there, you know, what are you reading? What education? He went and bought me like 12 pitching books. Here you go. Like It, it wasn't just like, go find it out. It's like, yeah. here you go, which is also you know secondary part of I'm telling these people. I'm trying to you know also, hey, if there's a way that I can get them something in order to help them on whatever, whatever path they're going, to, to also do that, to get them in a step in the right direction. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I mean, I'm always glad to see you, but thank you for being willing to talk. Of course. It's my pleasure. It's (laughs) nice to see you too. Wow. What a great interview with Justin. Katie, I want to thank you tremendously for bringing your childhood good friend (laughs) into, into the studio with us. Um, if you want to reach Justin Masterson, um, you can find him at Fortress Foundation, which is fortressfoundation.org for their organization. Um, a lot of focus is, again, on ending slavery and looking at sex trafficking and those kind of things. So if that's something that you're interested in, please figure out how you can help and um, be on board with them. Also, um, his other organization that he works with is Fight Club Men's Ministry. So that's fightclub414.com. So if you want to look at look for him and follow him, please do that because we support and love everything he's doing in the world. So to wrap up, we want to thank you for listening and for hanging in there. And we hope to see you next time on this podcast. Please remember to live your life with zeal, with more passion, purpose, love, and success right in your own backyard. This is Christy Shell with Hope in the Heartland. Have a good day.